Time for another car pod. I didn't like the audio yesterday either. And so this is just coming from my iPhone while the car is sitting still. <laughs> uh, maybe this will be better. And no microphone whatsoever. Just straight up my iPhone. You know what? Stop trying to get fancy, Kyle. Shut your mouth and get these things out. Hope you guys are enjoying these. Uh, again, just little nuggets that I can, uh, you know, I don't know, might make it into a big episode someday, but may, sometimes just something that's coming off uh, the Bible reading that I had this morning, uh, like this part right here. So let me explain this real quick and let me set this up. Uh, I love the Old Testament. I live in the Old Testament. As many of you guys know, uh, I've talked about this on my my main episodes at Drilling Down that... Uh, for the last seven years now, I've had a habit of reading through the Bible once a month. Uh, so that's what I almost, I think 40, 41 times now I've read through the Bible, uh, in the last seven years. And so there's not a portion of it that, you know, you can bring up that I can't add to or get. Now, that being said, what's amazing about that is every time I read through it again, I just, God opens up something new. It's, it's a testament to the divine word of God and how absolutely incredible it is. You can never read it enough. You have never gotten to the point where you understand it all. It, God just keeps revealing things. Great, great little nugget this morning when I was in first Kings, uh, chapter 12 back in the old Testament. And as you guys know, the Israelites went, you know, from the, from Abraham to Isaac, you know, we had, we had Jacob, we had Joseph, obviously we, we had the, the exile out of Egypt. We had Moses come along. Uh, and we had, we had basically God leading by the prophets. We had the judges and then Samuel. And eventually, um, the Israelites complained so much that they want their own king, right? You know this. And so, uh, Samuel laments, but God brings Saul to the equation. Saul falls. Uh, we talked about that a little bit yesterday in our car pod. Um, towards the end of his life, just complete idiot. And of course, David takes over from there. And David, uh, another, you know, I, you can use this term. I mean, he was an idiot. David had so many flaws and so many faults. You know, as I study his life over and over, he just made so many mistakes. Oh my gosh. But, but, but the Bible says he always, always, always pursued only the Lord. No matter how many times he screwed up, he didn't fall to other gods. He didn't set up worship from other countries. He didn't introduce, uh, introduce other women from other countries, right? This was something that God was very serious about. Why? Because those uh, lowercase gods are real, correct? Psalm 83, the divine council. We talk about this a lot. There are gods, but Elo, you know, lowercase Elohim, but Yahweh sits above them all. Okay. Uh, why are you telling us this guy? Well, so David never ran to those other gods who were very real, okay? Uh, who led nations astray. Long story. So it's car pods, we're keeping it short. Uh, but then, you know, enter, uh, enter David's about to die. And uh, long story short, some brothers fail to take the kingship. And here comes Solomon, right? Solomon builds the temple. Uh, you know, of course, he takes uh, what, like, just maybe eight years on the temple and then 14 years on his own house. Those verses are actually back to back showing how he was starting to fall already. <laughs> so Solomon obviously gets all these wives and he starts, uh, you know, uh, chasing foreign idols and gods and all that stuff. So but towards the end of his life, Solomon completely falls. God allows other nations to, to rise up and to be a threat to him. So once Solomon dies, he has he has a son named Rehoboam, who is about to take the kingdom over. Now, why this is important is we're you know 
we're coming to the point where Israel is after Solomon. There's only been three kings before it just gets divided into civil war forever, and then okay, and then eventually into oblivion by the Assyrians and the Babylonians because the the Israelites just hoard after these other gods. You guys understand that, right? I mean, it wasn't uh, it wasn't homosexuality, it wasn't you know, rampant adultery, even though that was that was there. Uh, it was because they simply gave up worship of Yahweh and pursued other gods. Real ones, very, very real ones. The ones the Greek and the Romans talked about, the Titans and their demigod kids. Okay. So, but by only three short kings, the whole thing screwed up. And I want to enter First uh, Kings chapter 12, where the kingdom is split by Rehoboam, Solomon's son, and Jeroboam, uh, former employee, if we can, if we can say. Uh, so th- I know this gets confusing a lot to a lot of people. So I just want to, I want to make it kind of fun. Rehoboam and Jeroboam, three kings we've had. Now Israel's going to split to the northern and the southern kingdom, and it will never be the same, uh, especially the northern kingdom. All right. So Rehoboam is Solomon's son. Jeroboam is we'll get to that. <laughs> All right. So, uh I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to talk about this real quick. So, uh Rehoboam, we'll call him Ray for short, goes to Shechem to be crowned king of Israel after Solomon dies. Jeroboam, we'll call him Jerry. He's still hiding in Egypt. Uh we'll get to this. He hears that Solomon is dead, which means he uh, By the way, Jeroboam has had a prophecy given to him that he's to take over part of Israel. He's to take over 10 tribes of Israel once Solomon dies. So there's a prophecy there and he knows that, which is a huge deal. Imagine Jeroboam's a big deal. That's awesome. He's been in exile. All right. We won't get into the whole thing, but uh, he's hiding in Egypt. He hears that Solomon's dead. So he knows it's time for him to go take over the 10 tribes. So Jerry, Jeroboam gathers supporters and appears before Rehoboam, Ray. And he tells him, look, your dad was a pretty oppressive ruler because Solomon was towards the end. Solomon was getting slave labor. He didn't look any different than Pharaoh did when the uh, Israelites were in bondage in Egypt. He looked this as the same. There are many there are many words in the Hebrew that are the same. That's how bad Solomon had gotten. Okay. So uh, Jerry goes to Ray and says, hey, your dad was really oppressive. So do us a favor. Don't be like that. We'll serve you no problem. Rehoboam, you're Solomon's son. Go ahead, Ray, and uh, rule, and we will chill as the 10 tribes. We will hang out with you. And Rehoboam says, let me think about that for a few days. All right. So he counsels the old men and he and the men who had counseled Solomon wisely for so many years, and they suggest him to be kind and to be just towards the Israelites. But Rehoboam, or Ray, as we'll call him, he doesn't like the sound of that. He he asks for some of his younger counselors what to do. He says, screw these old guys. They don't know what they're talking about. We do that a lot, don't we? And the younger counselors are like, tell them that you're a bigger man than their dad was, and you'll oppress them even worse than he did. Even worse than he afflicts them, you'll get the whips out and you will strike them like scorpions. And so Ray thinks this sounds pretty cool. And he goes ahead and he tells the people about it. Remember God's plan for Ray, Rehoboam, uh, to, was to lose most of his kingdom. Like, yeah, this is all part of it. The Israelites don't like the plan one bit. So everyone but the tribe of Judah rebels against Rehoboam. Says, screw you, man. You're going to, you're going to keep this up. We're going with Jerry. 
And Ray's thinking, well, you still got to pay your taxes. So he sends a servant to collect his treasure as usual. And the people stone this tax treasurer to death and say, screw you again. And that's when Rehoboam realizes this is going to be serious. And so he flees to Jerusalem for protection. The other tribes hear that Jerry's back in town. Jerry's back in town, baby. And they make him their king. Forget Solomon's son. We're taking Jeroboam. We're making him king. And Ray isn't going to stand for this. So he gathers an army of 180,000 warriors to fight against Jerry's tribes. But there's this prophet named Shemaiah. And the Lord told Rehoboam, Ray, through him, not to attack the other tribes because this is the way it's meant to be. If you're a Mandalorian fan, this is the way. Ray's like, fine. So now there's two kings and two kingdoms after Solomon, Rehoboam over Judah and Jeroboam over Israel. But Jerry's got a problem. Ray still controls Jerusalem, which, remember, he fled there, which means he controls the temple. So it's a problem for Jerry in the north because anytime anyone in his kingdom wants to worship, they have to go to Jerusalem, which is run by Ray. Jerry doesn't like Ray. Civil war. With Ray in control of the people's spiritual lives, he could potentially gain their favor back, and then they would just kill Jerry. Jerry doesn't want to die. Jerry wants to live because dying is bad and living is good. So he comes up with a plan. He makes two golden calves, and he says, I'm going to put one in Bethel and the other in Dan, right? So you don't have to go all the way to Ray's country, Ray's territory in Jerusalem. You can just stay here and worship the same. So he makes some dudes priests and he builds some temples of his own. Whoops. He tells the people that these are the gods that brought them out of Egypt. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they totally buy into it. And so he institutes some feasts of his own. He's ripping off, you know, Yahweh at this point. He makes some sacrifices and voila, problems are solved. All right. How's that sound, everybody? So Jeroboam, Jerry's in the northern kingdom now with 10 tribes after the, after the split. And Ray, Rehoboam is in the southern kingdom with, you know, basically at this point, just Judah. But that'll change to two tribes in a minute. So uh, long story short, Rehoboam goes to Shechem. All right. And he's made king. What's really interesting about this. And again, I'm going over 10 minutes. I'm not even subscribing to 10 minutes anymore since my normal episodes are, uh, albeit, you know, maybe two hours to four hours. Sometimes I think 20 minutes or whatever is going to be sufficient for these little nuggets. <laughs> uh, what's crazy guys. Solomon had what? Uh, a thousand wives, you know, compete, um, including concubines. think about that. I only have one wife. Uh, you presumably only have one wife or husband, unless, <laughs> uh, unless you're, uh, living out West, uh, in the, in the Mormon action. Uh, all right. Anyway, uh, so yeah, a thousand wives and concubines. So, I mean, think of how many kids Solomon has. Like I have three kids and I only have one wife. So if I had a thousand, I, I didn't, you know, I, man, I could have thousands and thousands of children, which Solomon did. And think about that. I mean, he could have all these Kings and Queens that would have come out of that, um, let me, maybe you've never noticed this, uh, in your life, but I will tell you from reading the Bible so much, I will tell you that, um, Rehoboam, Ray is the only son of Solomon that we ever know by name. Now in the Bible, there are lots of names. There are lots of genealogies and people that you can't even pronounce their names of. And you think, oh, they were nobody. Listen, if they're in the Bible, there's somebody because there were thousands, hundreds of thousands of people other than that one strange person mentioned in, in a genealogy somewhere. 
that were living on the earth at that time that didn't get mentioned in the Bible. So even if you're an obscure name and you know, you're know you only mentioned once in the Bible, you're still very important. To think that Solomon had thousands and thousands, maybe 10,000 kids, only one is ever important enough to be mentioned by name. And that was Rehoboam. How sad is that for Solomon? How sad is that for how incredible his kingdom started out and how wise he was and people came from everywhere and the Queen of Sheba and all the riches that he had and he built the temple with Hiram. I mean, out of, out of, uh, you know, how, how guys, how crazy he had fallen because he worshiped other gods and he set himself up that way. Rehoboam is his only son ever that is mentioned by name. <laughs> First Chronicles 3.10. He flees to Shechem, which has a rich church history. I mean, <clears throat> for us, Abraham worshiped there. Jacob built an altar there. Jacob purchased land there. Joseph was buried there. Uh, it's the geographical center of, of all the northern tribes. So in all that showed Rehoboam was in a position of weakness, right? Having to, having to meet the 10 northern tribes in their territory. So he runs. We told you about that. He hides, but he also says, you know, uh, if I rule here, uh, I'm going to take the counsel of my young millennial and Gen Y uh, leaders. No, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. There are plenty of millennials and Gen Yers with their heads screwed on straight. Totally joking. There are plenty of Gen Xers and boomers that are completely screwed up. <laughs> All right. So God says, you know what? We're going to split this country. We're going to split this territory. We're going two different ways. And uh, the rest is going to be history. And eventually, both of these kingdoms are going to fail miserably. <laughs> Rehoboam, king of Israel. Jeroboam, king of the north. How sad is this? I want to look into a few things here. Um he goes and he gets bad advice. The people rejects reject his advice. They say, if you're going to treat us like, you know, no better than Pharaoh treated our ancestors coming out of Egypt when we were in slavery, forget it. We're going with Jeroboam. All right. Jeroboam uh, apparently screws up even worse. Remember, he's been prophesied to, hey, he's going to, uh, he's going to be a king and he's going to be successful, but he did not. He did not let that happen. Again, like we talked about yesterday, do you see a general theme that he jumps the gun? He's not patient. He doesn't believe that the Lord's going to provide, even though Rehoboam controls all the worship and he controls uh, Jerusalem. Jeroboam, you know, he could have just let his people go down to worship as normal and say to Rehoboam, let them pass. But no, he freaked out. He said, if they go down there, they're going to be manipulated. Uh, Rehoboam's going to seize them or he's just going to, he's going to, you know, rule over them because uh, he's got the influence of religion. Religion, and that's pretty important. So I'm going to go ahead and make my own temples and all that stuff. That's not good, right? Um, <laughs> uh, and so he he kind of sets this up, and God gets incredibly angry with him. Um, there is a prophet that comes and says, you know, warning, you are going to absolutely screw everything that God's tried to set up. And Jeroboam's like, well, I don't really care. Do you know that out of Jeroboam's and Rehoboam's folly, both of them, but especially Jeroboam, that there would be never again a good king. I mean, a truly good king on the northern side. 
So the rest of the Old Testament, we go through and we see a bunch of scripture where we talk about the kings, both from southern kings in Judah and northern kings um, in Israel. And there were some northern kings that kind of got their life situated around, but they were still evil. They were still wicked. And in Judah, there were plenty of kings that were righteous in the Lord's eyes and pursued just as David had and abolished all the all the temples, you know, like like Asa and Josiah. And there's a lot of kings, but there's also some bad kings in Judah. Uh, but there's no good kings ever in the northern kingdom after this. That's how bad Jeroboam and Rehoboam screw everything back up. <laughs> Never, ever another good king in the northern kingdom. Think about that. Jeroboam justifies setting all these things up, setting these, uh, and this is important to notice, these the kind of the, a golden calf incident, you know, <laughs> once that we have again. Um, it's even bovine, which is, you know, cow, calf Im- imagery uh, in, the nation, in the ancient Near East. We see this a lot. And anytime you see something bovine, guys, I'm telling you, it's just a, it's a representation of chief male deities, including Horus out of Egypt, um, Guliana out of Mesopotamia, El and Baal, or Baal out of Canaan. We see this a lot, the Hittite storm god. This is not good. And he sets these things up, Jeroboam does. You see how, why God is just so upset and why God isn't going to let this happen. Because these people are sinning and once again whoring at the suggestion of Jeroboam. He makes shrines in the high places. He made priests out of every class of people when you should know, guys, only the Levites were to be priests, right? He rejects the commandments of God regarding the priesthood. He establishes his own to his own liking. And the legitimate priests and the Levites who lived in the northern ten tribes, they didn't like this. They saw that clearly this was not the way it was supposed to be. So they, along with others, guys, leave Jeroboam. They leave the north and they head to the southern kingdom. And Jeroboam goes, well, screw you. Yeah, once again, you're going to leave. Go ahead and leave. I don't care. Well, that just strengthens the south. And that's, I believe that's why a lot of good kings will come out of the south until, again, the Assyrians and the Babylonians and Nebuchadnezzar lay waste to everyone and Israel's done forever until 1948. Uh, in the north, he had kind of devised in his own heart um, that he was going to have his own religion, that he was going to create uh, a way of worship. Listen, guys, out of his own heart, out of his own taste, he was going to pick and choose. He was going to make a buffet, basically, and say, this is what I want religion to be like. This is what I want worship to be like. This is what I want it to look like. This is what you should obey, and this is what you shouldn't. For the most part, guys, the world embraces the religion of Jeroboam today. Not necessarily his particular expression of golden calves and high places, but a religion created according to our own tastes. Yes? I think it was natural that Jeroboam served his own heart and his own priests and that he offered sacrifices on the altar and burnt incense to his own desires. Jeroboam probably performed the functions of high priest himself, is my guess, made himself Aaron. Aaron was plan B, you know, it was supposed to be Moses, but Moses was too scared. So along comes plan B and Aaron and the Levitical tribe that follows. Uh, if you recall, Saul did this a few times, which is why Samuel was so pissed at Saul. Saul tried to kind of make himself priest when he was 
he was waiting on God patiently and God didn't come around in, into his own liking. He would offer up sacrifices on his own, which he was not allowed to do. Samuel was supposed to do that, but Samuel was a day late because Samuel was busy. Saul should have waited on him. Saul didn't. Not good. You don't make yourself priest. You don't make yourself God. You don't, you don't put in your own laws and your own rules. Guys, you don't pick and choose out of the Bible what you want to use and what you don't, what you want to believe and what you don't, what you want to follow and what you don't. You don't do that. Now, if you're a Christian and you're doing that right now, I'm telling you, you either need to stop or you are just going to fall into obscurity and you are going to keep falling into whatever sin you are falling into. Don't take politically correctness and put it into the Bible. Don't take uh, what you might think is palatable to someone that you're going to talk to about the Old Testament. Ooh, I, if, you, if, you have, if you don't know, ask me. Email drillingdownpodcast at gmail.com. Ask me, Kyle, this is in the Old Testament or this is even in the New Testament, whatever. And my, you know, my friend, my coworker, my family member said, you know, this is, this is antiquated. This is misogynistic. You know, this is this, this is that. This is racist, whatever. And, you know, the Me Too movement is here. The Black Lives Matter movement is here. The cancel culture is here, guys. Uh, people don't want to hear what's in the Bible. If you have a question, email me. I'll tell you why it's in there. And I trust me, it will make sense, but don't impart today's world, no matter what, into the timeless Jews of, of Scripture, because Scripture is as potent and uh, pertinent now as it was in the time of Jerry and Jeroboam here, where he's, re where he's rejecting it and making his own Bible and his own power. So, uh, obviously, some bad things are going to happen out of this civil war. We're going to have two nations now, and the rest of the Old Testament is going to be history. Let me ask you this in closing. What are you making, God? What are you making your temple? What are you taking from the Bible? And what are you kind of just putting earmuffs on or straight rejecting because it doesn't fit with our society today? You take all of it or you take none of it. There are a lot of false prophets that are going to come in the end times. Guys, I believe that, I believe, and I'll talk about this maybe in another car pod, that we are near the fifth seal of Revelation. I believe there's good news with our good news, good, good, um, Good reason to believe that. The black horse coming now. Um, I hate to... Please don't take this the wrong way, but I almost consider myself a missionary to the church these days as I'm not a pastor and I'm not at a church, but churches aren't teaching prophecy. Not not biblical prophecy. Churches aren't, aren't focused on the end times. They aren't focused on what what could be coming around the corner. They aren't focused on the supernatural. They're focused on the, the feel good for the most part, not all of them. We need to wake up friends. False prophets will be in the church. The rapture will happen and our church pews will still be largely full. Can you believe that? I can. Many, Jesus says, many, many, many will fall away. Many will have thought they knew the Lord, but they didn't. Guys, the time is near. What's on your buffet?